Okay, everyone, here we are today with Nathan Finocchio. Uh, not only does he have a very cool last name, he is a, uh, a teaching pastor. He's the founder of Theos U, an online uh, seminary, Bible school, I think. And uh, I can I call you a theologian, Nathan? Uh, sure. I have a thoughts and words about God, so sure. <laughs> well, if you follow Nathan Finocchio online, you'll see that he's... Um, different from your usual theologians. He's not speaking to an echo chamber and writing highfalutin books. He's engaging with people and meeting them where they're at and uh, explaining, thinking, sharing, conversing around his faith, Christianity. So Nathan, thank you for joining us today. How's the intro? Did I get you right? Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, I think we covered um, the general basis. So where, where are you today? So I'm in Melbourne. Uh, you're, are you in Sydney? I am in Palm Springs, California. Okay. So I know how much you're into intersectionality. So let's start with this. Uh, Nathan is a really good intersection for me between Australia, because as mm. you can hear, he's Australian, but he lives in the US. So we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Christianity, be bigger than Christianity, I think even if that's not a heresy, uh, how people are responding around the world and how the differences in the approach from the American people and the Australian people is so radically different. So how are you finding the the the, the change between the two countries, Nathan? Because you were just here recently for Christmas. Yeah. Now you're back there. Did you notice some differences? Yeah. Well, f firstly, um, so I am actually Canadian. I'm not Australian. Sorry. Um, I, it's okay. I forgive you. I'm married to an Australian. Oh, that's it. And, <clears throat> and um, I have been for these past eight years. So uh, that is why I'm in Australia all the time. Um, and I might have some Australian isms and I follow Australian politics. And um, yeah, and I just, I was a part of, uh, worked at a, a large Australian church for years in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and um, anyway, so all that to say, um, the, the politics in Australia to, or in, in even, you know, Canada, I think that Australian Canadian politics would be pretty, pretty similar. Yes. Um, you know, it's multi, it's multi-party systems. Um, and the conservatives aren't that conservative, mm -hmm. right? Like y'all's liberals mm -hmm. um, in Canada, they're called the conservative party of Canada. Um, you know, there's socialized things like healthcare, um, et cetera. But yeah, in American politics, American politics is just a completely different landscape. Um, it's America um, has a, a unique history. It doesn't have the same history as Canada or Australia. And so to understand a thing, you have to understand the birth of a thing and the history of a thing and its, its motivators. Um, and um, Australians have a deep uh, trust of the government. Canadians have a the same way. Like they, like they, they think that, that people who are in power, um, you know, or, you know, for example, like if you, for Canadians and Australians, if you've gone to university, mm. like they're like, Oh, you've been to uni. Oh, Oh, you know, like Americans are like, so what? <laughs> like there's dumb people in university. Like Americans have sort of, they've figured out that authority uh, should be questioned. Isn't always right. Um, Australians and Canadians are a little bit slow to that game. Um, and shockingly so, because I, I think that Australians and Canadians are pretty bright people. Um, but in general, they're just far too trusting of government um, and, and process. Uh, 
Um, so, yeah. So isn't that, it's funny you say that because if you look at the, this goes straight to the Bible, uh, isn't the, uh, the end result uh, a pretty much a dictatorial system with Jesus at the head? So I'm always wondering, I've always wondered how the American experiment of distrust and balance of powers kind of culminates into the Christian end of days worldview of a dictator called Jesus who righteously rules. Right. I mean, but I think that it's, I think it's really easy. Um, I think it works really easy. So having been a Canadian, uh, now having lived in the United States for 15 years, um, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, George Washington, these people aren't Jesus. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, some of the best political, uh, in, in my view, anyways, um, political pundits, commentators uh, of the Christian, the, the last Christian century, G.K. Chesterton, C.S. Lewis, to be precise, you know, they had a deep distrust for um, for people in power. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus eventually becomes our president, but we're talking about <laughs> Jesus here. Yeah, and okay. until it, there's a sinless, perfect person um, that is calling all the shots, um, we should be very, very, very suspect of government and its systems. Um, and so there should be checks and balances. Um, you know, this is the, you know, the, the co- I mean, for example, something that Canadians and Australians don't, will, will never, never understand. And you shouldn't really even try to, but the deep distrust goes right down to uh, the second amendment. The second amendment Guns. is not, yeah, exactly. It's not for hunting. It, it is literally uh, for protection of uh and protection against the state it's that's how it was conceived some might well that was for muskets yeah well that was the the advanced technology of the time (laughs) so um the the founders of of america of of american politics these guys that shaped this um they had they were political refugees from europe and they saw how quickly things can change um and how tyranny just it pops up very quickly. And so two way is not about defending your home or castle law. Um, it is about protecting yourself from a government that can switch very at a very, um, at the drop of a dime. And we're seeing this in Canada at the moment, Justin Trudeau yeah. just, just proclaimed martial law. I mean, yeah. you guys have dictator Dan down in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've seen, with the last two years, I think it's been eye-opening and I'm actually really thankful for it. And the conversations, even though they've been uncomfortable for Mm. Christians on the right or the left is how tyranny works um, and how it manifests itself and how it manifests itself quickly. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of trust lost in the next two years. I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but today the white house, um, is getting rid of, or DC rather, is getting rid of all uh, mask mandates and um, oh. vaccine mandates. Wow. Um, so, so it's like it's sweeping the nation. Everything's different as of today in 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 America. Um, Canada, four of the provinces announced that they were dropping all of their mandates, yes. um, and then the Canadian government also said that they're they're going to be 
putting some changes to travel as in like opening everything up. So um, there's going to be, I already said from the beginning that, that this, um, this whole COVID shenanigan, um, not that it's a shenanigan. I have friends that have died. I have my, my dad, my father almost, almost died last month. COVID's real. I've had it. It sucks. Um, a lot of people are getting sick. It's, it's horrible. It's part of the fall. It's sinful. It's worse than the flu. Um, I'm vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Um, uh, but I'm anti-mandate. And I think that we probably, we, I think that we hit a, We were, we tried to kill a gnat with a shotgun, um, mm. and then slowed the, the global economy down for two years and not just the global economy, but money affects everything. It affects people's livelihoods. It affects their mental health and, you know, children. Um, I was recently reading about children that are having, um, speech issues yeah. because they've, you know, had these masks on them. So, um, so all that to say, I, I think that I'm really thankful for this. I think that like whatever is coming and, and I'm a bit of a, uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a conspiracist, but I do love a good conspiracy we and yeah. totally. And I think that what is coming is not less government and more freedom for individuals. Yes. It's more government and less freedom for individuals, including religions. We're seeing this happen in Australia right now with respect to the uh, beliefs of Christianity being challenged, um, you know, in Brisbane, um, at I believe it's the City Point Christian Church or their, yeah. their school, um, you know. So, so it's like this is all coming to a head, and it, it's being, it's you know, we're seeing how you know how how do we respond to these types of things and. If you live in the West, you're supposed to stand up for certain things. Religious freedom is one of them. Freedom of speech is one of them. Those things are only as good as when they are tested, and they have been tested the last couple of years. Um, so I think that it's a little bit of healthy skepticism, getting lost in the weeds here, but I think that a healthy dose of skepticism is good for Australians, Canadians, American Christians, anybody that lives in the West. We shouldn't just... Um, we have to believe that human beings are human beings. I mean, like any Christians should be the ones w that have the most distrust for government. Um, I think because we have the doctrine of sin. <laughs> well, okay. But listen up, you heretic. Let's talk about Romans 13, right? So this, this verse has been used in so many different ways, but for those who aren't familiar with it, of course, it's, it's um, Paul, Paul telling the Romans in a pretty, I think a oppressive empire saying that we should be subject to the governing authorities mm -hmm. and uh, they're only there to do you good. And if you've done nothing wrong, you've got nothing to hide basically, mm -hmm. which is funny because, you know, he's in jail half his life doing and getting into trouble with the law. But can you mm -hmm. please help me understand why I went to, a, I visited a church on Sunday here in Melbourne and compared to other churches which kind of say, look, it sucks what we have to do, but we have to do it. This church moralized, it's a big church here in Melbourne, moralized everything into, no, you must do this or the government lines to protect your fellow man. It is the Christian thing to do and Christians should be first to, to submit and diso civil disobedience is not on the cards. Right. Uh, so they're effectively weaponizing Romans 13. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you explain uh, what, how we should understand Romans 13 in, in a context of oppression and tyranny. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think, um, I think 
what is Paul trying to accomplish in the book of Romans? Okay, so let's just start there. He's trying to accomplish order. Um, so we have a we have a disordered church in, in Corinth. Roman Rome is not as disordered as Corinth, but it's fractured. People aren't having dinner together. Really, the occasion for the writing of the book is Paul's coming to visit, number one. And number two, there's divisions among them um, over Gentile and Jew. Now, this is happening ex- mainly externally, and I think that the church is adopting some of the anti-Semitism that's happening in that play in Rome. Um, you know, there was uh, the Jewish expulsion of Rome's in AD 19 by Tiberius, and then around the writing of the book of Romans, uh, there was an expulsion, we read about in the book of Acts, by Claudius, uh, I believe in the 40s, late 40s, early 50s um, AD. So the general sentiment in Rome was one of anti-Semitism and distrust of the Jews, to the point that Jews are literally being kicked out of the country. So the Jews start the church, they get kicked out, and the Gentiles are left. Well, the Jews come back after Claudius is no longer reigning. And the Gentiles are swinging from the chandeliers and running church all Gentile and not singing Jewish songs and mm. eating meat and you know just doing Gentile things. And so the church is divided. So Paul's going to write to them and he's going to write a book about, it's a very orderly book. It's the most like didactic, orderly book that there is. And so that, this is what Paul does. You know, like he, 1 Corinthians 14 sort of ends that way. It's like, let all things be done in order. He's writing this to the Corinthians, and then he's going to order out God's plan of salvation. He's going to deal with the Gentile attitudes in chapters 9, 10, and 11 towards the Jews. Um, then he's going to talk about, hey, we're all one body in, 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 in uh, Romans 12. We all belong to one another. So we're in this together, guys. And then he's going to get to Romans 13, and he's going to begin to talk about civil order. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of, you know, anti-Roman sentiment, um, both, you know, by Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And so, so what do we do? You know, do we, do we resist? Do we join like, a? a um, do we become like the other Messiah cults? And mm-hmm. essentially like, that's the danger here is Christianity has sort of been operating under Judaism, um, and legally in that sense as an extension of Judaism, because you, you weren't allowed to just in, in, in the Roman day, you weren't allowed to just like open a cult. Um, and so for a, a long time, everybody thought that Christianity was Judaism or it's just some sort of sect of Judaism. And so it was being a, you know, and, and, um, also, at the same time, there was these Messiah cults that would cause these uprisings in Rome, and Rome would have to crush them, etc. So, I think that Paul's worried that the church is going to get a bad name under a Messiah cult, and so he's trying to like port barrel essentially yeah. Christianity under the guise of Judaism, so that it can operate legally and just hush everything, keep things down, and allow the spirit, you know, to have his work and use things strategically. But there's times where Paul will evade authorities you know he'll be lowered over a over a a a city wall in a basket you know like Mm -hmm. um you know should christians evade the department of homeland security um should christians uh you know take a boat to australia um to avoid customs (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. um 
So these are conversations, like we have to look at the life of Paul um, and say, okay, like there's, you know, he was sneaky at times. He operated under the radar. Um, so but how I think is Romans- this not with Can- like with Canada, the truck protest, we've got a Canberra protest here. Uh, we've got some civil disobedience around lockdowns in Europe. Yeah. How How is this? I understand now you've given us the context, but how is this not a very good hammer for Justin Trudeau yeah. and friends to say, mm-hmm. Oi, as they are saying, go back home, shut up. This is not right. Yeah. I, I think I think for several reasons. Um, I don't think that Paul is talking about government. I think he's talking about people just, you know, just the common sense, you know, so um, just o- o- obey the cops. You know what I mean? It's like, and we all know that it's, it's, there's some things that you, you, it's hard to define, but you know what it is. It's like immodesty. Hard to define, but you know what it is when you see it. Um, and um, th- that's kind of a conversation that's going on, on the internet right now. You know, somebody was like, um, "Like is is a is a naked statue porn?" Mm. Well, it's nudity, but I don't think it's porn. Mm. Um, if that makes sense. So um, there's distinctions, and they're subtle, and they're nuanced, but. Um, I think that Romans 13 has to deal with the stuff that we all know. It's like you obey, you obey police officers, you obey, you obey authorities, you obey teachers. Um, and so should we obey our police officers? Then the ones now that are saying close down this, like the literally in Queensland and in Melbourne, mm-hmm. saying close down this cafe right now. You can't mm-hmm. earn money, feed your kids because this is against the chief right. health officer's directions. Yeah. So um, I think that when you live in a a, you know, I, I would say, um, yeah, if the government's telling you to shut something down, you should probably shut it down um, to, re- you know, to, to, to not have more heat on you, you know, to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also, I think that you should resist. And by resist, I mean, you should, if you live in a democratic society, it's on, like, for example, I, I don't have a lot of, I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of patience for Australian conservatives right. because I think that they are the ones who, like, you, you're not as conservative as you think you are. Right. You're not big on, on, on personal liberties. You're, you're right. big on big government. Um, most of you are. And so it's like, so, so, so you're aware that the rest of the world is going, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. And you're going, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. And then when you get yourself into a pickle like this, it's like, what do we do? It's like, you have, you, you knew how this works. And then when it happened to you, when you and now that you've been pantsed, it's sort of mm-hmm. your fault. Like, for example, people like so many conservatives voted Trudeau in and then he got reelected. And then Canadians are all, these are people who voted for Trudeau and they're going, Oh, it's, dude, you voted this clown in. You voted um, uh, um, the, 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 uh, the premier of Ontario, Doug Ford. This guy poses under the, under the guise of a conservative, but he's actually a, a liberal or, mm. or a progressive rather. So it's like, you deserve the type of leadership that you get when you when you when you're foolish 
um, in your democracy or, th- or there's apathy. And that's the that's the trouble. And that's the weight and the responsibility of democracy is that you, you, you can't let the grass grow under your feet. You have mm-hmm. to be engaged civically. And it's a like it is a it is, it's a it's a huge, huge responsibility. And the responsibility is to be current on top of all of the trends, the ideological trends, the political trends, um, how how people are thinking, keeping your pulse, seeing what works, what doesn't work. And so I think it's a great burden to bear. And I think that a lot of Christians don't just don't care. I don't care about politics. Well, there are people who do care about politics and the people who care about politics are going to win out at the end of the day. You just don't, you know, so for me, number one, I, 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 I'm not, um, I'm not very empathetic towards Australians and Canadians who have found themselves in these situations. Number one, cause I think, I think that y'all, mm. most of y'all deserved it. You voted mm. these people in number one, number so two. So well, on that number one, so we, yeah. we've done this to ourselves. And so we mm. should do a Romans 13 and eat, eat our, Yes. Take the take the straps. Follow the government. Yeah, absolutely. You you vote you vote exactly. You voted them in, um, and you voted them in, and you didn't you didn't force you didn't see down the line that this is so so you know sleep in the bed that you made. Number one, number two. Now that you're awake and you're going, oh gosh, is this what this means? Vote them out. <laughs> so mm. so so the government belongs to you. We're not in the Roman. We're not in the Roman period. The part of the reason why we have a democracy and we have a government that we have at the moment is because of Christian civilization, you know, like these concepts that we're all made in the image of God um, and that we can, um, I, I think that in one massive way, democracy in the West specifically, the idea of a moral demos um, working together to create policy, et cetera, is a, um, it is a Christian one. Um, so, so yeah, I'm just saying, Hey, you know, like, um, do you want to resist? Great. Start, start, um, getting, writing articles in the newspaper, start doing podcasts like we're doing right now, start getting on your Instagram, start getting on your Facebook, like, like grandma, and just start to disseminate all types of information on why societies are better when governments are limited and they don't have this type of power to shut people down. Da, 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 da. Okay. So to me, that's, that is probably the best form of resistance. And then number three, yeah. um, if you can find ways around things like Paul lowering his basket down the side of a city, be sneaky. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, but so I don't the- think that Romans 13 is, is, I don't think Romans 13 is, you know, I'm just passive in my Democrat in you know, in my, in my democracy and I just go with the flow and I just obey. I'm just a robot. Yes. That's not, yes. that is not what a Christian is called to particularly in a democracy. Right. Okay. So if we look at our opportunity to, so if I use Victoria in Australia, which is the most lockdown place in the world, yeah. uh, we have vaccine mandates where you're not allowed to go to work if you're not um, up to date with your, I think we're moving on to triple soon. Right. So what you're suggesting is people need to simply wait until our election, which would be about a year and a half after the mandates began. So end mm-hmm. of this year. Uh, it seems to me, because you said you're anti-mandate, what would you be suggesting people do, I, I guess, around the civil disobedience issue, which they're doing in Canada? Yeah. Because to just wait until you get elected, we're talking about people 
you know, emailing me, they've got no money left and they're collecting food packages. Mm-hmm. And should they just get vaccinated? Should that, what? what? I, I, once again, like I, I, look, I'll just give you my two cents. I'd just, I'd just say, get the vax mm-hmm. um, or fake the vax, mm-hmm. you know, do this, do the sneaky mm-hmm. Paul thing over the, over mm-hmm. the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, move. There's a great idea. That's what, that's what the Americans did when they had trouble in Europe. You know what I mean? Like they just, yeah. they left. Yeah. Um, vote with your feet. Move to New okay. South Wales. What about um, protests? Are you, I think you, you've put some posts on your Instagram recently in the last six months where you were quite uh, supportive of some of our peaceful protests here. Oh, I'm, I'm a massive fan of protests. Um, okay. I'm a massive fan of them. So absolutely, like protest is part of the democratic experience. So if you care, get out in the street. If you if you think that this is wrong, get up, like show up, be present in your democracy. Once again, it's a tall order um, to be um, to be in a democracy. You have to be engaged because there's going to be other people that are far more engaged than you are, and you can never ever let the grass grow under your feet. How should those people feel in terms of guilt, though? I'm wondering in some weird places like in um, Melbourne, where we were arrested for protesting and specifically told this is not right, this is not safe, and this is not legal. So you're right. having to basically engage in civil disobedience. And you know, my I've got staff members who have been pepper sprayed for filming these protests. Uh, yeah, right. should, should people feel guilty for being that civilly disobedient when we're being told that in um, Melbourne? <clears throat> I don't, I don't think that, so once again, I don't think that all, I think there's good laws and there's bad laws mm-hmm. and we know what good laws are because of our, because of a Christian philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know what bad laws are because of a Christian philosophy. Paul obeyed good laws and he disobeyed bad laws. Okay. As a Christian, you have to be able to like, you have to be able to negotiate the, between the two, yeah. you know? So for example, like, if if you're if you if in the Australian I don't know I'm not intimately acquainted with the Australian Constitution, but for example, if freedom of assembly is one of your rights that are granted to you as an Australian citizen, and the police are telling you no, then you then right away you're actually not committing civil disobedience. You're actually appealing to a charter that exists to give you freedoms that the police cannot take away, even though they might be taking them away. So. Once again, be smart. Be smart about you know about uh, do you have the right, the freedom of speech? Do you have the right to to peaceful assembly? Like these are these are huge issues in Western democracy. Um, in the United States, um, they have the uh, and 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 in Canada they have the freedom of travel. They have the freedom of assembly. They have a freedom of speech. Um, they have a freedom to gather peacefully. Those freedoms, um, they they come over anything that a police officer tells you to do. So if you're arrested by a police officer practicing your rights that were given to you, like this is my charter of freedom, right? Then you're not in violation of 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 civil disobedience. The police officer is the one who's in, in violation. Um, so work smart not hard be harmless as be wise as serpents and harmless as doves that's a jesus quote um so i, I think i think that be as sneaky. christians yeah be <laughs> sneaky I, we should be really brilliant about these things we should be smart about these things we should exercise the rights and the freedoms that we've been given that people died for like the anzacs died for that stuff 
Um, the, you know, I, I, I have family members in my history that died for these things. They've been purchased in blood and it mattered to them because they wanted their families to be free. Um, so these are important. These are, these are big, these are life and death things. Um, I believe it was Chesterton that said that it's better to be in a good war than in a bad peace. Um, this is an Augustinian thought, but, um, I'm Augustinian in that regard. I'm not like some of these other young guys who are, um, you know, who, who, who don't believe in war at, at any, at any point. Um, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I, I don't believe that that helps. Um, I'm Augustinian. I, I think that there's times when um, I think that we need to make the world a good place and a, and a, a good place for, for, for people and a safe place for people and we can do, and it takes human agency to bring goodness into the world. And sometimes that means getting rid of bad things and fighting for things. Um, so I'm not advocating for, for violence. I'm not advocating for, um, you know, for, for war or something like that. But what I am saying is um, that there is a time and a place and this has been Christian thought. This is Orthodox Christian thought for 1500 years since mm-hmm. the time of Augustine that um, there's a good, sometimes you have to pick up the rifle and you got to um, protect people behind you. Chesterton said that the good soldier does not fight because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what's behind him. Mm-hmm. So Christians don't, we don't engage in civil dif- disobedience or in just war, which by the way, Augustine believed was sin. All war is sin. It's just that there's just war, uh, which means that it is a necessary evil. It's part of being of the fallen world. Um, Aquinas um, echoed this as well, that all war is sin, but there's a just war where uh, it's not that I hate what's in front of me, but it's because I love what's behind me. And I want to, I want to create a a safe space for these people behind me. Um, And so it's actually a selfless act. Okay. So, um, yeah, that, those are my thoughts. Yeah, that's cool. I haven't thought that way about it before. Nathan, can we um, just, uh, just aware of your time, I just want to talk to you a bit about the people rather than the government as well, because I've always maintained that the problem is not so much dictatorial uh, leaders, and you've basically said this today, but it's the people who vote them in. Can you tell us the, I've heard you somewhere tell the story about you and your wife, because you're the Canadian, your wife's the Australian, and I think you were asking her about why Australians love and trust government so much. Mm. And, uh, you know, do you want to live in a nanny state or something? And she says, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I quite, I quite like being looked after. Is that yeah. um, something you've noticed amongst Australians, Canadians? For sure. Um, yeah. So it's so comfy. <laughs> Australia is so comfy. It is. It's so safe. It's so it's so easy to just lull, be lulled and fall asleep and visit beach towns all the way up to Byron Bay and mm. you know there's no worries and everybody just love one another. It's a bit utopian. Mm. Um, it's a bit Australia's a bit removed from the world that way. Um, you don't have problems like having a a neighbor who has romantic visions of you joining their empire mm-hmm. and 
feels like unless you're their you're their boyfriend again, then they'll never fulfill, you know, their 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 empiric mandate. And so they start to stack up soldiers on their border. Like you don't have um, you know, religious wars. Mm. I mean, people flee to Australia, you know, to sort of take a break from the world. Mm. And so Australia is like this, it's basically a holiday town. Yeah. It's like we're on holiday and we're all just sort of like working on ourselves. We get fit. We all live by the beach. Um, we watch the tennis. And the big rule is don't rock the boat. That's, that's the right. that's the big rule. It's hey, we're all on vacation. Don't rock the boat. That's Australia. So can we apply go from that into the churches? How have you seen the church's response to everything in Australia? It's been very different from America. Here, if you say anything anti-government, they shut you down really hard and fast. And in America, they seem to almost, um, in some parts, uh, applaud it, standing up for your freedoms and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, how have you seen the church respond here? And I'm not just talking about segregation, vaccine mandates, um, you know, for example, we a lot of us weren't able to go to uh, a Christmas service last year because unvaccinated were banned. Yes, it was the government, but still the churches were carrying out the dirty work. So how have you seen the response here, not just to vaccines and segregation, but also to things like Black Lives Matter, woke movement, because uh, it feels like we're just rolling over here. And uh, as much as they say there is no other name uh, greater than the name, no, no other name higher than the name of Jesus, there is. There's yeah. BLM, there's um, COVID-19, there's keep safe. Right. Um, yeah. So if the number one rule, if the, if you're like your core distinctive as a people is don't rock the boat, people with agendas that just won't go away are, are always going to sit at your door and you're going to have to adopt them. And so I, I sort of see Australian churches adopt black lives matter, you know, stuff like that, like, like pets, and <laughs> yeah, and like BLM will, it'll always be a lap dog. It, they'll mm. never run the show. It'll just, it just, it'll just frustrate them. But they, mm. they sort of adopt them. That's what Australians sort of do. They just adopt them. And it's like, why do you have this thing here? It's just so weird. It's just so awkward. It's, mm. um, I think one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest strengths of the Australian church is its unity. I think one of the, the, the worst things of the Australian church is its unity. Oh, wow. Um, you like, you know, y'all you, like you love each other so much that you're unwilling to call out the BS. Mm. Um, and I think that's, there's like a bit of a fake unity at times. Right. Um, but I do love, but I do, I do wish that the American church is a bit more unified the way y'all were, y'all are. And I, I love the honor and the respect, you know, and I, and I think it's pretty mm. cool. Um, but as I've learned honor and respect can turn into culpability really quickly. Yeah. Um, I've seen this happen when, you know, there's an honor culture around a leader who is an absolute jackknob. Mm -hmm. And then because you didn't say something, when things began to unravel, uh, you became complicit. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of my thought. It's like, I love Australian churches, man. I love, um, one of my favorite places to go in Australia and preach is Adelaide. I'm like blown away by Adelaide. I just, there's amazing, huge, yeah. awesome churches there. Yeah. Um, I love the leaders there. They like, uh, it's so, I, I went to, um, I went, I, I, this has never happened in my life, but I went to Adelaide and I spoke at three different churches on in one Sunday. Oh, wow. It's like, 
what kind of church? Like, uh, the unity was just so beautiful. It's like they just shared me, you know, and they were just all happy to share me. And and I was like, this Americans would never be like this, you know, like they're a bit a little bit more territorial and um you know, it was just amazing. So, um, but then at the same point, it's just like, you know, if you if if we begin to like talk or critique something or BLM, mm. you know, it would never be public. You know, be always be behind somebody's back. That's um, right. So, but there's a problem yeah. with this, Nathan. This unity that we're talking about, and I guess this will need to be one of my last questions. Do mm. do you, where do those Christians go who have been pushed out, uh, who can't attend at times because of mandates or um, can't serve anymore or even lower level. I don't need, to, I probably shouldn't do specifics, but I've seen some, some horrific things in some very large and famous churches down here. And uh, where do these people go? Because it's like everywhere they do go, every church is on singing from the same song sheet. They're in such unity, as you say, down here, that there's nowhere for them to go. And so they end up homeless, tuning into mainly American churches and others. Yeah. Well, I just think that you need... You just need a, you need a reformation, you know. You just need some some young leaders who are bold enough and um, bothered enough. So Martin Luther's to just go well. Okay, I've sat out. I've sat on my hands, but I st- I have growing dissent, and, but I have some good ideas. So I'm not just a um, I'm just I'm not just a cynic. Mm. I'm a critic. Um, a cynic should have their eyes plucked out because they see nothing good. A critic loves what it sees, but it um, but it evaluates it because it loves it. You know, nobody became a food critic because they hate food. Sure. Um, so, you know, you need some builders who are dissatisfied and hopefully, you know, things will begin to change. I, I think that, that, you know, the rock the boat mentality isn't going to last for long because you guys are so obsessed with American politics and American, everything happening outside of the world that it's, it's, it's beginning to, you know, what comes up, like, it's like the lap dog thing is like, yeah. you know, BLM, you know, is a lap dog. Well, there are all other, there will be other things that will be lap dogs and you'll begin to see more, you know, people do this, that the other thing, that's what kind of happens in the world of technology and information that so easily transpires um, exchange of ideas that happen so quick. So, um, so that'll you know, fade, we'll you reckon, Ross? No, I, I think it'll. I think it'll. I think it'll hold, but it'll. But there will be other options. It's like okay. Taco Bell is now in Australia. Yeah. You know, like, um, so you'll 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 begin to see more ideas come over there. It's like, you know, but like, Starbucks came over. It didn't work. Yeah. But Taco Bell's come over, and apparently it seems to be sticking. So, I think, I think. That there will be things that work. There's things that won't work. I, I trust that. Look, I think that there's a lot of good churches in Australia. I, I, in fact, I think in my travels, all, I've, I've been to so many good churches. Yeah. Um, and I think the Australian church, um, for the most part, does really well. I just think that, um, you know, just my one critique is like, it's, you got to be, y- y'all got to be careful about the don't rock the boat thing. And I think that you got to be careful about, and you need to begin to think about politics. You can't, you can't think that the church can retreat from the political arena and that, that secularism and secular humanism is, is going to do the same thing. No, they are full tilt. 
Um, and you guys might have yourself in some really hot water. I think that Australia is probably going to be the canary down the mine for a lot of other Western countries in the years okay. to come, particularly with all of this sexual ethics stuff, because um, you, there's been a, there's been a, a full retreat. I mean, Scott Morrison is an, is a, he's peripheral. He's an outlier. Yeah. The fact that he's, you know, in politics and he's a Pentecostal um, well, for them. Yeah. For them, for the most part, the churches haven't really um, been super engaged in it. It's sort of been taboo and there has to be, you, you, you're going to have to address it, you know? Um, so anyways, all that to say, I think that um, I'd like to see the Australians be a little louder. Hmm. That is all of our wish. I love it. Thank you very much for joining us uh, today, Nathan, and for loving us from across the pond. And we will all follow feverishly your Instagram where you have amazing stories. Cool. Thanks for having me. And I love Australia. And if you're upset with me, just email <laughs> Nathan at I don't care.com. <laughs> all right. <laughs> See you next time you're in Australia. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Bye.